Well, welcome to our Called, Connected, Committed podcast, and I am delighted today to be with Professor Paul Miller. Uh, Paul is a Professor of Educational Leadership and Social Justice, and actually the only Black Professor of Educational Leadership in our country. Uh, Paul has been hugely instrumental in shaping our diversity, equity and inclusion work at the Foundation, and I am really thrilled that he is here to talk to us today about social justice. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Emily. Um, so, Paul, if we can dive in, I wonder how would you define social justice? I think um, social justice, if, if I could define it in one word, it would be fairness. Mm. And, uh, it's, it, you know, social justice means so many things, um, uh, you know, ensuring that people have got what they need to thrive, ensuring that barriers in, in people's ways are removed. And, and that to me is about fairness. It, it is about redistribution of power. It is about redistribution of resources, but it's also about removing barriers. It's also about tearing down systems which create the anomaly or the, um, the imbalance in the first place so we can we can always re redistribute power but 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 social justice is is asking for us to not only redistribute power but but tackle the, the things that created the imbalance of power in the first place yeah that's really helpful thank you and obviously you are particularly grappling with what that looks like within the educational leadership space what do you think school leaders need to understand and take notice of in terms of what social justice looks like for our children and our young people in school? Well, social justice leadership has seven characteristics and I'll try to summarize them quickly. Social justice leaders actively try to right wrongs inflicted on marginalized groups. That's the first thing. They actively, not passively, but actively, so it's part of their mission, try to right wrongs inflicted on marginalized groups, whether that's women, whether that's racially diverse people, whether that's those with disability, whether that's religious minorities, whether that's members of the LGBT community, whoever they are, they actively try to right wrongs. And that's the, the first characteristics of um, social justice leadership. So social justice leaders don't use their position as a blocker. They don't use their position as a meal ticket. They don't use their position as a status symbol, but they actively try to right wrongs. And that, that's what we need to be asking ourselves as leaders. Am I actively trying to right wrongs inflicted on marginalized groups? Social justice leaders also use their position to create safe spaces and opportunities that promote equity between individuals and groups. So that is about the redistribution of power that we're talking about. Safe space, spaces and opportunities that promote equity between individuals and groups. So looking at the, the needs of the different groups and giving them resources, but also giving them voice. You can't have voice without opportunities and opportunities without voice doesn't promote agency. So it's really important that social justice leaders see themselves as promoting both voice and agency. 
social justice leaders also understand the material, economic, and social differences between groups. And that's really important, you know, Emily, because I talked about the religious minority, racially diverse people, members of the LGBT community, people with special education needs and disability and so on, people from working class backgrounds. We are all very different, even though we recognize intersectionality and none of us are in one single thing. As groups of people, our needs, our circumstances are very different. And social justice leaders understand that a one size fits all approach is not going to work. They understand that we need to know the groups of people we have in our organization, the groups of people we are serving, but crucially, we need to know their needs as well. And in knowing them as human beings and in knowing them um, around their culture, their identity, their needs of belonging and so on, we'll be better able to build out um, the interventions for them. Furthermore, social justice leaders, they focus on creating equity-based opportunities for all. So that's again is about the rebalancing of, of power. And so it's not to disempower anybody, it's to find ways to, to see how we can give everybody power in the system. And I think that's really, really important because some people feel like to share their power is actually to be disempowered. And actually the more people who are empowered, the more power we have collectively as a group, as a society. So they focus on creating equity-based opportunities for all. Social justice leaders also change systems and processes and structures. And this is the removal of the barriers I was talking about. So we can redistribute power all we want, but if we don't remove the systems, the processes, the structures that create those problems and those anomalies in the first place, then those barriers and anomalies will remain, unfortunately. Social justice leaders also work to create fairness, the word I use to define social justice, for all who study and work in their institutions. And if it were a church, it would be for all who worship in the church. Hmm? So they, they work to create fairness, this sense of equity and this sense of justice that I see you, I hear you, you matter and you matter equally. Hmm? And finally, they interpret their role, social justice leaders, as working towards empowerment and equity for all. Once again, they don't see their roles as a blocker or as a meal ticket or as a status symbol. So it's something that we pat on the back for, but they see their role as being working towards the liberation and the empowerment of all people. So social justice leadership then is about using the privilege that one has, the power that one has, the position that one has. You talked about it, called, connected, committed. It's the power, the privilege, and the position. And social justice leadership is asking us to use these things so that we can improve the lives and the opportunities of other people. Emily. 
It's brilliant. Thank you, Paul. I know that people who are listening to this are now going to want to go back and rewind it and just get all those points all over again. But that's absolutely brilliant. I love what you say about power being shared, that we shouldn't be afraid to um, uh to think oh if I give up power actually I'm going to lose out actually um, it's a you know everybody wins if we're looking at the empowerment of all you know the liberation empowerment of all you said Paul that's um, I think that's so helpful and um, can I ask you for one definition which is something that we um, are get asked about a lot in this work is the difference between equity and equality and I know that you specifically use the word equity why equity and not equality and thank you for that question. And that's a really important question as well. Because equality is saying, give everybody the same thing. Um, let's, let's, let's think about somebody who is disabled and somebody who is female, somebody who is from the LGBT community, somebody who is uh, from the BME community or racially diverse community and somebody who is from a minority faith or religion. Equality says, give everybody the same thing. Because equality presumes that you all have the same needs. And therefore, in giving everybody the same thing, what, what that approach is actually doing is building up those who are already built up and pushing them further ahead than those who really need to be pushed further ahead. So it really does nothing to advance um, the people who need the advancement. The rich becomes richer and the poor becomes poorer. But equity is, is about means testing. It is saying that women have different needs than men. It is saying that black women have different needs than white women. It is saying that working class women have different needs than middle class women. It is saying that disabled women have different needs than able-bodied women and so on and so forth. So it's about means testing. It is about giving the support at the point of need. And I think that's really um, a crucial difference between equity-based opportunities and equality for all. So equality for all promotes a kind of, let's give everybody the same thing. Whereas equity for all says, well, we understand the material, economic and social differences between group. And it is with this understanding that we build out specified or targeted opportunities for people. That's so helpful. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, you've given us a lot of uh, sort of uh, ways to think about social justice, practical things we can do. I wonder in terms of um, the types of leaders that we need to lead on this. Um, I know that you talk a lot in the training that you do about the qualities and attributes of leaders who are able to engage in social justice. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about what kind of qualities you'd like to see in school leaders who are really really aiming for social justice in their context? Well, you know, in addition to, to social justice leadership, and you know this, Emily, from, from reading my work, I also write about the notion of courageous leadership. Courageous leadership has 
16 characteristics. I, I won't go through all of them, but I'll draw attention to a number of them. Social, courageous leadership involves courageous listening. Sometimes leaders need to hear difficult truths and the leaders who are courageous will make the space and the time to hear the difficult truth. Not everything is going to leave you feeling all bubbly and nice. Some things are going to want to make you cry. Some things are going to make you feel uncomfortable. But leaders have to get comfortable in being uncomfortable. So they have to do courageous listening. Leaders have to also do courageous decision making. Should we be stronger? Should we be firmer in our decision making? Not everybody will like us. We will lose friends along the way. But should we be doing things that are simply the right thing to do? So take, for example, a school. You have teacher X. Teacher X is so brilliant at their job. And all their young people pass their exams every year, 100% of them. But teacher X is racist. Teacher X is misogynistic. Teacher X is homophobic and so on. Courageous decision-making and courageous action will require that leader to say you cannot work here unless you change your behavior. Hmm? So don't turn the blind eye on bad behavior because somebody you know, is, is doing so much um, for, for the school. It's like a church. Somebody who is not living up to the values of their faith, we turn a blind eye because they are from an affluent family or they give a lot of contribution to the church and so on. Courageous decision-making requires you to cut those people out or challenge their behavior or both and take courageous action. And so these are some of the, the things that leaders need to be thinking about in their work around social justice. Social justice leadership requires courage. Another thing I want to say before, before you come back in there, Emily, is that courageous leadership shows moral purpose that is greater and more consequential than themselves. Courageous leaders show moral purpose that is greater and more consequential than themselves. In other words, it is not about me. I'm not doing it for fame. I'm not doing it for glory. I'm not doing it for position. I'm not doing it for power. Rather, I'm using my power. I'm using my position. I'm using my privilege to tear down barriers and to liberate people. And that's why this is so important. It is about people willing to put themselves on the line to try to create inclusive spaces, to create socially just spaces, to create spaces where everybody can feel they can bring themselves, their full selves, and have that full self respected, validated, thus creating a sense of belonging. So helpful. Thank you, Paul. Um, we um, 
we we come back to that almost like a mantra over and over again um getting comfortable with uh, with with being uncomfortable you know the importance of sitting with discomfort and actually you know for, for someone like me that's probably the the worst thing you know the worst thing that can happen you know we we we're looking at uh, marginalized groups that have encountered harm that have had all kinds of discrimination and so to be uncomfortable is the least i think that some of us can do to actually uh, progress this work because actually unless everybody is flourishing in our school context then we haven't achieved uh, that sense of full flourishing um, and the importance of being courageous um, I like um, the Maya Angelou quote where she talks about you know uh, when you know better do better and you know we're, we're all trying to learn we've learned a huge amount from you Paul about how to do better but once we know how to do better we have a, a responsibility to actually put that into practice and to have the courage to have those difficult conversations or make those difficult decisions or to speak out even if it makes it um, us unpopular as you were saying Paul. Um, just a final question from me, you, there's so much richness in what you've already shared with us, I just wonder, um, you, uh, we've really enjoyed reading your work and where can people find out more if they're, if they're wanting to go deeper into this topic? Um, thank you, Emily. Now, a lot of my papers are um, available freely online and um, all, all people will need to do is just um, use whichever search engine they want and, and type in my name and um, social justice or um, BME teacher progression or teacher migration or school leadership and all of these things um, will come up. Alternatively, they can look on, on our website, um, the website of Educational Equity Services, uh, where I've, I've um, put up links to a number of my papers which are available for free download. Um, so anyone can download them by clicking on the links. Um, but, but, but thanks for, um, for flagging that because I think it's really important that, that this knowledge is accessible to all kinds of people everywhere. So that's a, that's a good point. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. And, and Paul's uh, paper on um, the progression of BAME um, head teachers and leaders in schools, I think is the only work currently in this country that has been done on this topic, but really helpful case studies, really clear learnings about actually what we can practically do um, to improve um, the diversity of the leadership in our education system in this country. So we're really grateful to you, Paul. We, we always enjoy learning from you and thank you so much for being on our podcast today thank you emily thank you very much my pleasure